92.9 The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. Welcome in on this Monday evening, a beautiful Monday night here again in Ashland, Virginia. Rob with them along with you here live on 1029 The Mater in the Red Zone from the Mater Studios, of course, during the COVID-19 pandemic. We miss our friends over at Sports Page Grill Ashland. Hope to be back there very soon. And it's great to have some breaking news to talk about. We've, of course, the sports world's almost come to a screeching halt in the last several weeks. And it's very rare that we get a chance to kind of talk about new information and get excited for the future rather than have to deal with what we're dealing with in the present and thanks to randolph Macon college we have some breaking news and we're going to get to that in just a moment we're going to take it's going to be a very short first segment here so we can get our first break in and then talk with the brand new head women's basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College. Also in this hour, we will look back at the NFL draft from this past weekend. From an 804 point of view, several of our area talents were drafted. A couple that we thought might be were not, but did sign as undrafted free agents. And Highland Springs High School was in rarefied air. We'll talk all about that and about the technology that went behind making the 2020 NFL draft what it was and how it might change the way we view sports in the future post-COVID-19 whenever that situation occurs. And also coming up later this hour, I want you to have pen and paper ready because I want you to join the Mater along with Berkwood Swim and Dive Team. They're going to have a big event on Friday, which is going to be raising funds and donations for both Feed More and for the Hanover County Animal Shelter. And I'll have all the details on that coming up. Plus, we're going to post them across our social media outlets uh, and we'll have them here on the Mater as well. But Friday's going to be a big day over at Berkwood and we're going to give you all the information later this hour. So make sure you have a handy piece of paper and pen ready to rock and roll we're going to take a quick first commercial timeout when we come back we introduce you to the brand new head women's basketball coach at randolph macon college lindsey burke will join us live after this timeout you are in the red zone we'll be back with more from the red zone after these messages when you need printing you usually need it yesterday we think an ink can't work that quickly but close let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Helping our local community with updates on businesses affected by the coronavirus emergency. Here is an update. The Glen Allen Supermarket on Mountain Road is open daily on reduced hours Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Sundays 11 to 6. All hot food is available for to-go orders. For dinner specials or more information, see the Glen Allen Supermarket Facebook page. 
Santiago Pizza and Grill is open for takeout, curbside service, delivery, and home delivery from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday through Thursday. And they're open to 10 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays. Order ahead at 299-2619. 299-2619. Santiago Pizza and Grill, 525 South Washington Highway, across from Lux Chevrolet in Ashland. Both Ferber's Tire and Auto locations in Ashland are open for business at their regularly scheduled hours. In order to operate safely, they have provided drop boxes available at both stores and can take payment over the phone. Ferber's Tire and Auto taking every step possible to keep you and your vehicle safe. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. Yeah, let's go indeed into a new era for Randolph making college women's basketball. Hi, friends. Rob with them back with you here live in the Red Zone on this Monday evening on the Mater. Also want to welcome our fans listening tonight online, both at HanoverCountySports.net, RVASportsNetwork.com, and for those of you listening tonight on the TuneIn Radio app, on Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. The other day, I was at home, and I thought to myself, I wonder how the coaching search is going at Randolph-Macon for the women's basketball program and, and how COVID-19 has affected all of this. And as you may have heard earlier promos um, um, back last week, Phil Stanton, the director of athletic communications, was scheduled to join us here on the show tonight uh, until Phil contacted me yesterday afternoon and said, Rob, we're planning on announcing our new women's basketball coach tomorrow. Would you like to have the coach? Coach, not giving me any hints uh, on the program. I'm like, yeah, fantastic. So Phil will be with us next week. Uh, but tonight, it is an honor to welcome to Ashland, Virginia, and to introduce to the uh, community the brand-new women's basketball coach at Randolph-Macon, Lindsay Burke. Lindsay has spent the last three seasons uh, as an assistant coach at the University of Rochester. In her uh, co- coaching career, she has already helped three different programs reach the NCAA tournament. And, of course, Randolph-Macon coming off another NCAA tournament appearance in the final season uh, for Carol LaHaye, winning in the first round before falling in the second round. And she has some pseudo-local connections that we'll talk about as well. Coach Burke, welcome to Randolph-Macon. Thank you so much for your time, and thanks for being with us tonight. How are you? I am doing well, Rob. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, like you kind of alluded to there through – little bit of a crazy time um this is perfect to do some more things virtually and i'm really excited to get down to the ashland area and meet everybody in the community well coach tell me about from your vantage point the 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 whole process because normally there's you know the application and then you'd probably come down and do the interview and tour the campus and yada 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 and with the pandemic i'm sure things were totally different how was the process for you to arrive at this point 
Yeah, I mean, definitely unconventional, I would say, um, is a pretty good way to put it. I mean, usually you come down to campus, you get to meet with everybody, you get to meet with the players, you tour around a little bit. Um, and yeah, none of that happened during this process, so I'm very thankful that I've been to Randolph-Macon before. <laughs> Um, just haven't gotten to meet everybody in person yet, but definitely being in Virginia before has really helped me, you know, know the landscape a little bit and all that. But I think that's what really made this process special. I was talking to somebody the other day about it. It almost feels like the dating game um, because I've talked to everybody on the phone and haven't met any, anybody in person yet. But through all my conversations with various people in the, in the department and in the campus community, it just really showed how special of a place Randolph-Macon is and how excited I was when I received this opportunity. That's fantastic. Um, it, through the process of, of how the season ended, unfortunately, for basketball at all collegiate levels, um, how did you come to find out that Coach LaHaye had retired and this opening was available? Yeah, so I had initially saw it on Twitter, actually, uh, when it got posted from the Randolph-Macon Athletic website. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just kind of crazy timing with everything else that trickled down after that in the basketball world. Um, it's been pretty quiet with no sports going on, so I was thankful for the draft the other day. At least that <laughs> felt like a little bit of live action that was going on. Yes, could not agree with you more. And for those who don't know, uh, explain, University of Rochester, how were you guys in terms of, and that's where you've been an assistant the last three seasons, where were you in the process of the postseason? So we had actually finished. Um, so our conference with the UAA, they do not have a conference tournament. Okay. Um, so our last league game is the end of the season for us. Um, and we didn't get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, so we were finished on that February 29th, that Saturday. Wow. So you kind of had a postseason. You're in the midst of interviewing, helping, you know, interview the players the, the, that are coming back, and et cetera, et cetera. And off in the distance, you're, you're kind of seeing this storm coming, uh, and, and none of us really knew exactly what it was in, until it hit us. At what, mm -hmm. what point were you guys in the postseason wrap-up when all of a sudden things had to shut down? Yeah, so the players at Rochester were actually home um, on their spring break, really when that week when everything started to trickle down with uh, spring sports getting canceled and in-person classes getting canceled. So it's definitely been a whirlwind for everybody. Um, I think there's a lot of different pieces of the mental health side here for a lot of our student-athletes and a lot of just the students right now in higher education with they feel that sense of community and that um, – they long to be near each other well like i think we all do right now with yeah. being at home for a little while um but especially for like those college-age students that this is sometimes the, the best time for them and even for the students at rochester it finally usually the weather warms up a little bit in the spring um so they're always excited to be on campus for that part um so yeah definitely just been a whirlwind i think of emotion and we were kind of right in that that transitional period with wrapping some things up for the season so we did all of our postseason meetings virtually we met with them on facetime um got to see different parts of their house a lot of a lot of their pets popped in um but we just tried to make the most of it so coach well, let me take you back personally what's your earliest recollection of holding a basketball <laughs> Um, probably the day I was born. Um, no, just kidding. But, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a sports family. I'm from a small town outside of Buffalo, New York. Uh, my dad was always my basketball coach growing up. Um, he's also a retired high school athletic director, so he was always around through all of that kind of process. But I have a sister that's two years older than I am also. She always played basketball, too. Um, she's actually in the Hall of Fame at Damon College up in Buffalo, New York. So 
always had a role model in her too and always had somebody to challenge me <laughs> for sure on the court um, but yeah definitely been something that's been instilled ever since I can remember um, and it's always just been a huge part of my life what did you learn the most during your time as a player at, at, Mer- at Mercyhurst specifically uh-huh. Uh, and did you have any inkling back then, early part of the 2010s, that, that maybe coaching was something you would want to pursue? Yeah, so I had torn my ACL in high school, and then I tore it again um, in college. So and in, the, in college, it was right going into my senior season. Mm. And I had always thought about coaching, um, had always just had a passion for kind of the behind the scenes of what goes into, into games um, and some X's and O's and stuff like that. So after I tore that ACL the second time, and I remember rehabbing for eight months to come back for one season, and I was like, if people are willing to put in this much work for one season, like those are the kind of people I want to work with for the rest of my life. Um, And that's really how the coaching thing got started for me and how I ended up at UMW right after, you know, being an undergrad. And I definitely haven't regretted it since, haven't looked back, and it's done nothing but increase my fuel um, and for that passion for the game. (laughs) And we made a a reference to that, that you have some references and some experience kind of pseudo to our area, about 45 minutes to our north, either on uh, I-95 or if 95 is crazy like it normally is, up Route (laughs) 1. Uh, to mm-hmm. Fredericksburg and talk about a university that has transformed uh, from Mary Washington College in the in the 80s and 90s and then it's transitioned to the university and it, it, it's grown so much in the last 10, 15 years. That was your first coaching experience. How were you able yep. to land and start coaching-wise in Fredericksburg? Yeah, I mean, when I was coming out of undergrad, I mean, I cast my net wide. I had my name out there. I felt like to anybody and anybody that would give me a chance. Um, that's all I wanted was just somebody give me a chance and I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it. Um, and I had actually studied abroad right after undergrad was over. So I spent like the first three weeks uh, in South Africa. Um, and so I was still trying to check my email, <laughs> keep up with things that were coming in. And right when I got back from South Africa, um, I had heard back from Coach Appleberry and she invited me down for an interview in Fredericksburg. Um, didn't know me, didn't know me at all. Um, and on the way back, I must have made a good impression because she called me um, and offered me the job. <laughs> so it was a pretty quick and easy process. Um, but, yeah, that's how I kind of landed in Fredericksburg, and it was an amazing first step for me. Wow. And the the team had great success in the three seasons that you were there. Uh, you won the CAC in the 2016 season, uh, made it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Bob probably somehow, some way, caught the attention of Bucknell University. How'd you make the transition there and going from D three to D one? That had to be very exciting. Oh, for sure it was. And I and I came into Bucknell at an amazing time. Um, they were right on the cusp of winning a Patriot League championship, and I was fortunate enough that the year I was there, they they did it. Um, so it was just an incredible process to be a part of. But. Uh, when I was finished at Mary Washington, I actually got my master's in business there, my MBA. Um, and so kind of coming out of that experience, I really wanted to explore the operations and the admin side of women's basketball. So I was fortunate enough that Aaron Roussel, um, he was the head coach at Bucknell at the time, and he gave me an opportunity to do that. I think Aaron had a soft spot in his heart for D3. He was the uh, women's basketball coach at U Chicago for a while, um, D3 in the UAA conference there. So I think he appreciated it all D3 brought and knew as a D3 assistant I've done a little bit of everything. Um, so he was really excited about having me on board as his dobo. And 
Definitely D3 to D1 was, was really different, um, but I'm so thankful for that experience. And just I, I learned so much on the managerial side of what running a women's basketball program for that, that year spent doing that. And, and that was going to be my next question in terms of the experience at the Division One level. What was it that you learned the most about that's going to serve you well now that you're going into your first foray as a head coach? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's so much more big picture uh, at Division One. Um, I would say just it helped, it helped me a lot being able to see the season as a whole. And even we're talking this season, next season, and maybe the season after that, as far as budgeting, equipment, um, travel, game schedule, all of that kind of stuff. You can't always just live in the now and take care of what's happening today. You have to be thinking about tomorrow, next week, the next month, all of that kind of stuff. So, Ops is definitely a whirlwind. I give a shout-out to every Dobo that's out there. Um, it's, you always have a lot that you're juggling on your plate, and you got to do it with a smile. Um, so it definitely is a great experience. I would advise anybody that's thinking about coaching in the long term to be a Dobo and learn everything there is to know about a women's basketball program. Oh, yeah. You will learn the nitty-gritty. Every, <laughs> everything from uh, game preparation to washing the jerseys, precisely. Yep. <laughs> so you were able to uh, to join the University of Rochester. You've been there the last few years. Uh, I'm sure that's been an exciting experience, too, because, again, another team that has been very successful, uh, you know, one year all the way to the to the round of eight in the, in the NCAA tournament. Um, was there a time in the last three seasons where you thought to yourself, okay, I'm ready. Uh, maybe it's time for me to spread my wings and look for that first head coaching job? Definitely. And I have to give a lot of credit um, to my head coach at Rochester, Jim Scheibel. I mean, he gave me a lot of autonomy within that program, and it really inspired me and gave me the confidence that I feel like today that I'm ready to run a program. Um, you know, I told him that he made me think big picture a lot of the times, and he made me think um, – you know, like I used to always joke with them that, like, you've made me play this game with myself, that if one day, like, you pass out during a game or, like, you can't be there anymore and I have to take over, like, I have to be ready for that kind of stuff. And he, But he pushed me to continue to think about that, to not just be an assistant, to get involved with as much as possible and to, like, always think about me being just one step away from being a head coach. Mm. Um, I mean, I can't thank him enough for that kind of experience, but even the league that Rochester plays in really prepares you for a lot of that stuff. With the UAA, you're in Chicago, you're in Atlanta, you're in New York City, you're in Boston. Like you're a little bit of everywhere on a weekly basis. Um, so the competition in that league is just crazy good, and it just made me learn how to prepare our team so well for some of those um, contests, especially in our league. I mean, we usually have at least three people that get into the NCAA tournament on any given year. So just like that preparedness piece. Um, really allowed me. I mean, there was a few different times, I think, over the past few years that I think um, I thought I was ready, but I just think whatever's for you is never going to pass you. Um, and so especially with this opportunity, I just feel like everything's worked out. So you're coming out of a conference that has a much different feel than the one that you're coming into with the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. Uh, to, to just explain to Randolph-Macon fans, from a Division Three standpoint, that has to be a whole lot in terms of, uh, of how you're handling all the travel and whatnot in season and keeping the student-athletes on point with everything that they've got to do. Yeah, definitely a balancing act. I mean, that UAA schedule um, gets tough. I mean, Friday, Sunday, every week that you might be flying, you might be busing. Um, but definitely, you know, we instill a lot of time management. Um, I mean, it's going to be a lot different with the ODAC conference. Um, but 
there's pluses and minuses no matter, no matter where you are. Um, and I think the ODAC pre presents a lot of plus sides, too, um, for the Randolph-Macon student-athletes. Uh, won't be in airports as much, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind being on the bus a little bit. No, no. You get a little more team bonding done as opposed mm -hmm. to going through TSA security. <clears throat> you yeah. don't have to worry about that. How much have you, how much have you had a chance to just kind of understand and, and, and get your grip on the ODAC uh, and, and, and where it stands and what kind of a conference it is? Or, or are you in, still in the process of kind of getting that done? Yeah, I mean, I think still in the process a little bit. I mean, it's always hard whenever, I mean, year to year, everything changes. Um, and even, I mean, I've watched a good amount of film on the Randolph-Macon team from last year, but, I mean, losing three out of their top four scores, it's definitely, it's going to be a different team makeup this year. Mm -hmm. um, I think I have a, a really good, you know, baseline understanding of the ODAC and different, you know, programs that have had success and just different standing kind of levels with that. Um, but, I mean, I'm excited for next year. I think every year is a new slate. It's always a new team. Always, you know, right now we're going to have a new coach in the program. Um, and so it's just a, an exciting time all around. That's awesome. Coach, can you hang on through one commercial break? Sure. Awesome. When I come back, I want to talk to you about something that's basketball related and something that's absolutely not, but it caught my eye in the press release that we received from Phil and the gang over at the college earlier this afternoon. So hang tight with us. Coach Burke will return with us in just a moment. This is the uh, new head women's basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College. Happy to have Lindsey Burke with us here in the red zone, and we will come back and continue our conversation here after this. There's more to come right after this short break. There's never been a more important time to make sure the air in your home is clean as well as comfortable. Massey Wood & West, serving Virginia since 1923, is ready to help. Massey Wood & West offers quality cleaning services for your HVAC units and can make sure it's ready for the heat of the summer to come. Massey Wood & West proudly offers Rheem heating and cooling systems. And if it's time to replace that HVAC unit, now is the perfect time to do so. The friendly staff at Massey Wood & West always looks out for your well-being and is working under all CDC guidelines. Need a new duct system? Massey Wood & West can handle that too. Plus, Massey Wood & West is proud to offer Ream water heaters. So call 355-1721. Ask for Doug or Al. They'll be glad to help you get ready. 355-1721. Massey Wood & West. Online at MasseyWoodAndWest.com. That's Massey Wood & West. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 877-801-0746. 877-801-0746. That's 877-801-0746.
625 on this Monday evening. You are in the red zone. Rob Witham, thank you so much for being with us. Talking tonight with the brand new head women's basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College, Lindsey Burke. So, Coach, I'm, I'm reading over the press release when it broke this afternoon, and, and this caught my eye. Uh, it says, this past fall, Burke was a co-instructor for a 300-level class at the University of Rochester called the Leadership Experience. The course examined leadership theories, both historical and contemporary, and Burke oversaw a leadership lab with student-athletes from various sports. So, Coach, this begs the question, uh, what, are, what is your philosophy on leadership, and, and who's helped kind of guide it and mold it and make it what it is today? Yeah, I mean, great question. Um, I mean, yeah, so that course that I was able to teach, I mean, we had football players, baseball players. We had one of our players. We had soccer. We had a whole different um, host of sports that were in that room. So it was an awesome opportunity for me to, A, get to know some players outside of my own program, um, but B, also just hear a lot of the things that they had to say. So, I mean, at my core, I mean, my philosophy on leadership is, I mean, first of all, I think leaders always come um, from a place of when they know who they are as people. I think some of the best leaders are the ones who have a strong sense of self, um, and they're always able to, to lead without, you know, worried about what other people might think of them because they always have, you know, that strong sense of self at their, at their core. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I would say as far as, like, who's inspired me a lot, um, definitely my dad. I mean, I, I alluded to him at the beginning of the show here with um, all the influences that he's had on me from an athletics perspective. Um, but probably the biggest one that I've always tried to emulate um, is from a leadership perspective is servant leadership, um, doing stuff for others before thinking about yourself and just taking care of your team and program before ever taking care of yourself. I mean, I can remember times when I was a kid um, and, like, the high school soccer field didn't get mowed and my dad would take our lawnmower over there with his headset (laughs) across (laughs) the top of his head tuning into the radio and he would go mow it himself Um, because if if he didn't do it, it wasn't going to get done and he cared too much about the product that we were putting out for for our high school teams um, to just let it go. So definitely something that's always inspired me, somebody I think about all the time. He's my best friend. Um, and don't be surprised if you see him in Ashland a few times a year because I know he'll be making some trips. I suspect. Have you have you already done Google Maps to see from one place to another how many miles we're talking here? Uh, don't know miles. It was about eight and a half hours. Eight and a half um, that's hours. What, that's what I remembered when I looked up. But like I said, he's retired now, so... He would, he's more than happy to make it. Oh, yeah. Get up on a Wednesday morning, make the trip for a Wednesday yep. home game, stay over a couple of days for a Saturday home game. That's right. I'm sure he's already thinking about it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I just I th- I found that fascinating that you had that opportunity to kind of lead in that way in the sense it helped you. And also, in a sense, I'm sure it also helped the student athletes who were part of that particular process. What do you think they – and did you get feedback from any of them as to what they learned from that last semester yeah definitely I mean I think as coaches we just have such a unique opportunity to work with you know we work with 18 to 22 year old young men and women Um, and what a kind of crazy time in their life but also such a transformative time Mm -hmm. that you know they come in one person at 18 and they typically graduate at 22 a completely different person there's no other time window in their lives that they make that big of a jump. Um, and so I think, you know, we have a unique responsibility, too, to these student-athletes to develop them. Um, and even kind of what I said before with their sense of self, you know, to help them get there. You know, if they don't know who they are yet, well, that's okay. We can help them get there. 
Um, and that's a lot of the feedback that we got for the course because we asked them a lot of probing questions to kind of dig down deep and, you know, find your why. Um, like, who are you as a person? Who's inspired you to get here? Why do you play so, like, why do you do the things you do? And so after the course was over, a lot of the feedback that we got was, you know, I've never had to think about myself that much. Hmm. Um, and it kind of goes back to what I said before. It, it's hard to lead others if you don't know who you are, too. Um, and so I think that was where we put a lot of the emphasis on in the course. But, you know, I think they just grew tremendously. And it was awesome to see them by the end of the semester. Hmm. Coach, let me lead you back on the court now before we let okay. you, before we let you go. Oh, I, I'm sure this will be a question you'll hear 150 times in the next week or so, and and that is, what is the kind of basketball X's and O's philosophy of Coach Lindsey Burke? Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, a lot of it depends on you know the the players that are in the program or whatever is going to work for that given team on that given year. Um, but, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. Something I've adopted from my time at Rochester, you know, kind of three rules that I have is play hard, be on time, and be a good teammate. I think there's a lot of, a lot of different things that could maybe fall under a lot of those categories. Um, but that first one was play hard. It's, for me, a, a lot of it's effort. Um, I'm definitely going to lead a program that I don't want to have to question your effort. Um, but from an X's and O's perspective, I love the fundamentals. I love, um, you know, definitely having a disciplined team, um, and not disciplined in, in the sense that we're going to run a hundred win sprints a day. <laughs> um, disciplined in the sense that, you know, we're in the NCAA tournament. It's a really loud gym. I have to know that our players out on the floor know what they're doing without me being able, having to tell them exactly where to go, exactly what to do in every situation. I um, mean, that comes a lot from leadership, but also, you know, your question was the X's and O's perspective. I mean, that discipline, especially defensively, for them to know, you know, in crucial moments what they're doing is key. Um, and so I particularly love defense. Um, I like, you know, doing a lot of offense and individual workouts, um, something that we'll do at Randolph-Macon um, usually once per week. Um, just spending that one-on-one -on -one time with the players working on their offensive skills. But when we're in practice and we're five-on-five, five, I mean, I definitely love defense, um, something that I definitely took from Coach Appleberry at UMW. She used to always tell me that I don't care if we win 52-50, we won. Um, <laughs> she wanted to be able, because, I mean, there's going to be days that your shots don't fall. Yep. Um, so from a defensive perspective, just always knowing where to go, what spot to be in, um, and just being prepared. Oh, yes. <clears throat> the old the old moniker, Defense Wins Championships, which mm -hmm. I, I subscribe to personally. It's very few uh, in, in all of sports history. There's very too, few times and very few teams you can point to them and go, well, wait a minute now. They, they broke that mold. Nine times out of ten or 98 times out of 100, if you've got a good defense and you've got a shot to win it all. Yep, for sure. No doubt. So, just out of curiosity, didn't think about this until a minute ago. Have you had a chance to watch any of the Last Dance documentary on the Bulls on ESPN? I have. I've watched all four episodes. Okay, so kind of give me your synopsis from your – because I am I remember, obviously, I'm old enough to – I was already an adult when that whole 90s run. I remember Jordan hitting the shot in 82. I was in junior high school at that time when they won the national title over Georgetown. So I lived through that. For somebody who, who maybe didn't pay as much attention to that, didn't live through a good portion, if not all of that, um, what are you looking at and what are you seeing out of that documentary, especially from a coaching point of view? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I've taken a lot of things from it. Um, but, yeah, second of all, I mean, like you are saying there, I, I definitely was more of the Kobe era um, <laughs> that I grew up 
Kobe was way more on TV than Michael ever was. Right. But, I mean, just in the, in the documentary last night, just hearing how, um, you know, Phil Jackson gave Dennis Rodman two days off because that's what he needed. Um, and even just, like, the way that they handled, you know, him as such a special player and as a special person, um, I think there's a lot of coaches that would think that's not how they would do things whatsoever. Um, but, I mean, obviously they were really successful, and it was just, you know, coaching to the players you have. Mm-hmm. It wasn't trying to make them somebody they weren't. Um, and I just – I marveled at the documentary. I loved the part last night, too, about Michael Jordan hitting the weight room pretty hard yeah. um, to try and take some of that Detroit heat that they were giving. Uh, I mean, I the weight room's key. I always say bigger, faster, stronger. That's, that's always how usually the high school to college transition goes. But – even in the pros, there's always somebody out there who's bigger, faster, stronger that you got to compete with. Yes, exactly. There's always going to be an obstacle in your way, whether it's the Detroit Pistons for Michael Jordan or whoever the case may be for any other team. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I can remember specifically that, that offseason and how the team kind of molded itself and said, okay, the only way we're going to be able to beat them is to out-tough them. And that uh-huh. also had to be mentally as well as physically. And, and the thing that I saw last night that impressed me was, when Scottie Pippen was fouled and there was no response. He laid there for a few moments. He collected his thoughts and then he got up and he went and he shot the free throws. Uh-huh. And I think it was Horace Grant who was who said that, you know, once that happened, we knew we had them because we didn't respond. We didn't react. We didn't whine. They couldn't get our heads anymore. And, right. and, and so much of it is psychological. And something else, Coach, I kind of snicker at people and I run into them still from time to time who go, you know, women's basketball or girls basketball at the high school level, you know, wow, it's no nothing like, you know, the guys, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I chuckle because, you know, I sit with a camera in my hand underneath the basket and, uh-huh. and I see the I see the scrums for the ball. I see the 50 50s. I see them diving on the floor. And if, if people who don't think women's basketball isn't physical, they're out of their mind. They've obviously never watched women's basketball. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. I was just I can't believe we're bringing this up. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day, um, and they were just talking about, like, they're like, you know, you've made basketball your life now. You know, like, how how do you still, like, have all this passion for it? And I said, I was like, I can remember growing up and, you know, playing on all-boys teams at the YMCA because there wasn't a lot of girls' teams. It really was, you know, kind of my generation's when a lot of it really took off. I mean, the WNBA took off. Yep. And I can just remember hearing people say, you know, you're really good for a girl. (laughs) And it was like always this stigma with for a girl. Mm. Like it was never like the two genders were equal in that kind of sense. Um, And so kind of what I said before, I mean, such a unique responsibility in coaching to mentor, you know, young female athletes um, and to just empower them to know that no matter what your gender is, you're an athlete. You're not judged um, by your gender. You're judged by your achievements. Awesome. Coach, you sound like you're going to fit right in here at Randolph-Macon. I don't think there's going to be a problem uh, whatsoever. Uh, we're really excited about the, the hiring, the, the announcement today from uh, Athletic Director Jeff Burns. And we, we look forward to all of this pandemic mess getting behind us so you can get down here and get to work. It's going to be very exciting to watch the new era at Randolph-Macon. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Big thanks to all the first responders out there. I mean, doing everything that they can on the front lines and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, I think all of us are more than ready for it to be over and things to go back to whatever normal may be in the future. And 
I just can't wait to meet the players and get on campus, and I'm already thinking about practice, and it's only April. <laughs> yeah, it's only April. That's awesome. Lindsay Burke, the brand-new head basketball coach, the women's basketball coach at Randolph-Macon, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us on such short notice. We appreciate it, and again, welcome to Ashland. We're excited to have you. Thanks so much, Rob. No problem. Coach Burke, and don't forget fans, of course, every week in the Red Zone is recorded. We put it up as a podcast. So if you know anybody in the program or at the college or fans of Randolph-Macon who weren't able to join us tonight live here on the Mater or online, we'll have this up later tonight as a podcast at the RVA Sports Network's podcast site, and we'll send links out across our social media network. When we come back after this timeout, we'll talk to you about the big event coming up with Burkeward Swim and Dive team on Friday. It's an opportunity for all of us as a community to do something very safe and to do something for so many people who have suffered so much in this sudden change in our lives because of COVID-19. And I want to talk a bit about the NFL draft from an 804 point of view and a technology point of view too, because what you saw Thursday, Friday, and Saturday could be the future of how we live. More on that coming up in just a moment. Live here on the Mater, you are in the red zone. In the red zone, we'll take a short time out. We'll be right back, so stay tuned to the Mater. There's never been a more important time to make sure the air in your home is clean as well as comfortable. Massey Wood and West, serving Virginia since 1923, is ready to help. Massey Wood and West offers quality cleaning services for your HVAC units and can make sure it's ready for the heat of the summer to come. Massey Wood and West proudly offers Rheem heating and cooling systems. And if it's time to replace that HVAC unit, now is the perfect time to do so. The friendly staff at Massey Wood and West always looks out for your well-being and is working under all CDC guidelines. Need a new duct system? Massey Wood and West can handle that too. Plus, Massey Wood and West is proud to offer Ream water heaters. So call 355-1721. Ask for Doug or Al. They'll be glad to help you get ready. 355-1721. Massey Wood and West. Online at MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think and Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think and Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think and Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think and Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think and Ink in Ashland. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, It's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. About 19 before 
94.7. Come back with you here live on In the Red Zone. We'll talk about the NFL draft from a, an 804 standpoint and much more coming up in just a moment. But just some critical information I want to get out to everybody. Picked it up uh, this afternoon. Thank you, Atlee Swim Coach Karen Sieber, uh, for sending me this information. And, of course, she is very much involved over at the Berkwood Swim and Racquet Club with the Berkwood Swim and Dive team. And this is what's happening. Mark your calendar for this Friday. Friday, May 1st. Yes, this Friday is May 1st. For those of you who have kind of lost track of days and times, and that happened to me. I forget where my daughter and I were in the last day or so. I think we were taking a walk last evening. That's where it was. And and I almost said something about it being the first part of May. And then I stopped myself and I went, wait a minute, today's, and I calculated it in my head. I'm like, today's April 26th, right? And she looked at me and said, yeah. I said, okay. So I got my, my bearings straight there. So Friday is is May the 1st, which is, you know, good news in terms of us who are all hoping that we get through this pandemic situation. But Friday from 12 noon until 2 p.m. in the main parking lot at Berkwood, we're going to see a drive-through donation drive, and the donation list is going to support both Feed More and the Hanover County Animal Shelter. So we can help our fellow man and we can help man's best friends as well. Here's how it's gonna work. You bring the donations in your car, you box them up, bag them up, however you wish to do. They do need to be in bags or boxes, okay? It's not like you're going to Aldi and you forgot your bag and you have to carry your 12 items in your hand to the car. Can't bring them like that. So have them in a bag or a box, okay? Uh, You will not have to get out of your car uh, because there will be coaches from Berkwood right there to greet you, thank you, and to collect your donations. Now, you don't have to provide an actual food donation if you do not want to, if you don't have time, or maybe you're someone who uh, is a little skittish about going out to the grocery store or to Target or whatnot, and and certainly I've scaled back on that significantly here in the last week or two. Uh, My daughter and I, we've done more google duo conversations while she's been in the store and i've been in the car in the parking lot you know is is this what is this the steak you wanted for dinner or your mom wanted i'm you know and when i'm like okay hold it closer i can't see and it's it's been really crazy and i'm sure a lot of you right now listening are going yeah we're doing the exact same thing so if you don't feel comfortable from that standpoint you can come and give a financial donation And if you do that, there's already a challenge involved. George Massey, a great guy, uh, Berkwood's aquatics director, and, of course, also head swim coach at Hanover High School, he will match the first $1,000 in financial donations. So if you want to come by, you you don't have the food to donate, but you have uh, money you want to donate to this cause, and the money can be used to purchase food, uh, both for those at Feed More and those at the Hanover County Animal Shelter, just come say, Uh, Hi to Coach George, and George will match the donations financially up to the first $1,000. Now, let me talk a little bit about what they're looking for in terms of donations. If you are looking to get some stuff together at your house, or maybe you want to make a trip to the store Thursday, or maybe early Friday morning, and then drop it by uh, Friday again from noon to 2 in the main parking lot at Berkwood. And of course, Berkwood Swim and Dive, uh, located behind uh, what you used to be called the Advent Christian Church uh, there uh, in Studley. 
okay? Uh, and most of you know where Burkworth is located. So you just drive down the way and then into the main parking lot. You go there near the indoor tennis facilities, and they'll be there waiting for you. For Feed More, we're looking for items that should be high fiber, low sugar, low sodium, and no glass containers of any kind. So if you get spaghetti sauce, make sure it's in a can and not in glass, okay? No glass containers. So peanut butter, either creamy or crunchy, always a good idea. Canned fruits in their own juice or water, canned vegetables, lean canned proteins like salmon, tuna, and chicken in water. Um, again, spaghetti sauce, make sure it's in uh, cans, not, uh, not jars, no glass. Uh, diced tomatoes, canned or dried beans, whole grain cereals, they could be either hot or cold, pastas, brown rice, um, healthy snacks like granola bars and raisins and fruit cups. And if you want more thoughts or more ideas, uh, you can go to Feedmore's website, feedmore.org slash give slash giving dash food. And I'm, you're, some of you are going to, Rob, I can't write all this down as fast as you're talking. We're going to post all of this uh, across social media, both uh, on the Mater's Facebook and Twitter feeds, as well as at uh, HanoverCountySports.net and on Hanover Sports, both on Twitter and on Facebook. Now, for the Hanover County Animal Shelter, if you would like to donate, uh, they will be collecting the following items. Animal beds, canned dog and cat food, cat litter certainly, dry dog and cat food, uh, formula for young kittens and puppies, grooming brushes and shampoos, uh, new or used collars and leeches, uh, a bundled newspaper, which is always a good idea. Raw hides, chew treats. Um, if if you've been circling or cycling out towels during your spring cleaning, if you've been doing a lot of cleaning in your house over the pandemic, and not because of COVID-19, but because it's time for spring cleaning. I'm talking about a different kind of cleaning. You're like, okay, this this needs to go, and this needs to go. And you've got, and they're, they're gently used. They're not you know, ripped to shreds and all that sort of thing. But if you've got some good towels or sheets or blankets or soft mats that you're not using anymore or you planned on cycling out of your rotation, this is the perfect place to bring them to, okay? So, again, all of that for the Hanover County Animal Shelter, uh, the food items for Feed More. And, again, this is going on Friday from noon to 2 at the Burkwood Swim and Racket Club uh, in Mechanicsville in Studley. Uh, sponsored by our friends at the Burkwood Swim and Dive Team. Drive-through donation. Again, you don't have to get out of your car. The coaches will be there. They'll be glad to take the donations. And if you want to make a financial donation, again, you can do so. Uh, again, George Massey has put up a challenge that he'll match the first $1,000 in donations given financially. I do have an email address uh, that if you'd like more information, you can get more information. So I'll give you just a second to make sure you have that pen and that piece of paper in tow. And we'll also, of course, put this across our social media channels and on the website at HanoverCountySports.net. mwhite03 at vt.edu is the um, email address. That's for Madeline White, former Atlee standout. Uh, M white 3 and that's 03, not the letter O, at vt.edu. And again, that's going on Friday from noon to 2. So let's, let's pack it out out there at Burkwood Swim and Racket Club for this drive-through donation effort because uh, we're not in a sprint. We're in a marathon. We're in a situation to where 
Uh, you know, there were reports coming out over the weekend uh, from from government officials that we may be looking at unemployment levels that we have not seen since the Great Depression. Um, you know, there's a reason why there are so many people that are pressing uh, the, 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 the idea of trying to get people back to work and things reopened and whatnot. And it's such a delicate balance and a balance of which we, our generation, every generation that's alive right now, none of us have experienced this. Um, again, you have to, we've talked about this here on the show. Uh, you have to go back to 1918 to the pandemic of the Spanish flu, which again was not created in, it didn't come from Spain. Uh, uh, historically, we believe it started in, in here in America, <clears throat> excuse me, on, an, on, on a, a military base in the state of Kansas. And, and some of it got carried over when soldiers reported over for World War I. And when it got over into those horrific conditions in the trenches in Western Europe, uh, it multiplied greatly and quickly. Uh, and then it came back to America, and, you know, we know what happened from there, and we know what happened worldwide. So we're in a situation where we're trying to, to create and strike one of the most delicate balances maybe we've ever had to do, uh, certainly in the history of America. Um, you know, with, with nuclear weapons, if I can get kind of philosophical for just a second, I mean, it's a pretty cut-and-dry thing. You, you, even going back to the Cuban Missile Crisis of the 60s or when they dropped the bombs in 45 or, or there in Japan and it ended World War II, hastened the end of it, and that was a good thing out of a really bad event. Um, and then even when we discovered that the Soviets had the bomb in the late 40s, early 50s, it was a situation to where it was still very cut and dry. If you use it, there will be mass destruction. So everyone did everything possible not to use it. And, and thankfully, it has not been used, and we've made it here to the year 2020. But this is a totally different animal because we can't see our enemy. I can't walk out of the door of the station or the, the door of my house right now. You can't walk out into your front yard and look around and see if COVID-19 is in the air in your neighborhood. I mean, you just can't. So you don't know. I mean, is it safe to run into that store? I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'll be, and I try not to give personal opinions on the air very often. I'm shocked at the number of people who are going into stores on a regular basis with no masks on right now. Um, the, the few times I have gone in the last 10 days to two weeks, I've got my mask. It's on. Um, and, and now, as I mentioned, the last several days, my daughter's been kind enough to go in with her mask on because she doesn't have pre-existing conditions like I do uh, to, to take care of getting things that our family needs. And I'll help her out via, you know, video conferencing out in the car in the parking lot. But, of course, while I'm out there, I'm sitting watching people come in and out and in and out. And I, it amazes me how many people are kind of going around as if life is normal and life is anything uh, uh, but normal. And, and when we get to uh, the new normal, there's going to be a new normal. We will not go back to what we experienced. And my D-Day date for this is March 11th. Uh, for many of you, it's different. But for me, it was March 11th because I woke up that morning. I did what I normally do. I went to Randolph-Macon that night. We broadcast a women's lacrosse match live online. And then I came back here to the radio station to work on a few things before I went home. And when the National Basketball Association announced that they were suspending their season, it stunned the world. I mean, it, it, people talk about the joke, you know, Twitter would break if. That was the closest I've ever seen to Twitter breaking uh, because everyone was just so stunned that because of one positive case of COVID-19 from one player on one team, 
that the, 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 the association took that drastic of a measure. And the underlying hidden message that some of us saw that night and others did not was this thing, A, is very serious, more serious than we thought, and B, is about to break out in proportions that we never dreamed would happen, say, a week, 10 days, you know, at, there at the end of February, into the 1st of March, we were all worried about you know, political campaigns, the upcoming election, and blah, 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 blah. And and nobody was looking at coronavirus, you know, very few. And if you did, it was like, okay, there was a death out in Washington. Eh, eh, yeah. and, and, and look what happened. So, you know, March 11th was kind of my day where everything went changed. And, and that normal pre-March uh, 11th, we're not going to go back to that anytime soon. And if we ever do, it's probably going to be years from now. There's going to have to be things that occur in stages and things that are different. And that leads me to our final conversation of the hour this evening, and that is the 2020 NFL draft that we just watched Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And, you know, you heard Coach Burke, and she's absolutely right, and she echoes the the feelings of millions of sports fans. There's a reason why over 13 million people tuned in to either the NFL Network, ESPN, or ABC on Thursday night to watch the first round of the NFL draft, which shattered the record for the most TV viewers for the NFL draft. They usually get six or seven million, something like that. They they doubled it. And the reason why is that sports fans are craving for anything to do, to watch, to experience. And so the NFL draft was something to where, okay, for a few nights or for two nights and then one afternoon, I can kick back in my in my house where I have to, I'm stuck because of the pandemic, and I can at least watch something develop, something new happen, somebody join my team, somebody maybe make my team better, that sort of thing. So I watched it for, you know, the, the, the picking and whatnot, and of course, from, from my favorite team standpoint and from the 804 standpoint, and we'll mention that in a moment. But at the more I watched, this is what really the big takeaway for me was from the NFL draft this weekend. What you saw done technologically over those three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, that literally took thousands of people to have happen. Um, but that is going to quickly change when 5G technology becomes the norm. And we're on the verge of that. Um, I know I, I was speaking to someone with Verizon within the last week or so and the original plan was that 5g the big rollout would be hopefully late here in 2020 COVID 19 may change those plans and the other companies are on the race to do it too and the difference between 4g and 5g is insane and i have to wonder how much of what they were able to do was 5g technology which would have made life easier for them Uh, i think the way we're going to watch sports and have experiences in sports going to be different coming in two things are going to happen number one with 5g technology we're learning now uh, that we can get a lot done remotely and so where where for example in los angeles where they're seeing so much improvement in air quality etc will they mandate that a certain percent of a workforce be doing their work from home to cut down on pollutants to cut down on co2 from a climate change concern that's something that may happen if technology allows that to happen i think there's going to be some states especially california and new york that will go for that and then we'll see if others uh follow suit but the the other thing is so many people watching uh these simulated nascar races uh the simulated baseball the simulated football 
Um, uh, and, and we already have eSports. I mean, there's a program at Randolph-Macon for eSports. has been for a couple of years now. That is going to become a much bigger piece of the sports pie in the decade to come because of what we're experiencing right now and because of the emerging technology. Sports as we know it are going to change. And I think just like almost every aspect of our lives are going to change. And if there's someone in your family who just is adverse to everything technology, you need to get them in the times. They're going to need to know how to use Zoom and, and they're going to need to know how to Google and they're going to have something other than a flip phone. You can't be Leroy Jethro Gibbs on NCIS uh, because things are going to move pretty fast in this decade. And the accelerant, unfortunately, has been uh, this pandemic, but we'll make a positive out of a negative. Okay, congratulations to Kavon Wallace of Highland Springs, Makai Becton of Highland Springs, Makai, the 11th overall pick to the New York Jets. Fantastic move for Joe Douglas, the Lee Davis Athletic Hall of Famer and the GM of the Jets, picking the local product to become Sam Darnold's left tackle. Uh, I think Sam's going to be protected very well in the years to come. I think Kavon has an excellent chance of, of sticking with the Eagles 53-man roster. There's a lot of competition, though. Uh, they're in that defensive secondary, but Kavon comes in with high praise and and looking forward to watching him work uh, come Eagles training camp. Uh, congratulations. Also going out to uh, Jalen Elliott. Jalen signed as an unrestricted free agent after the draft with the Detroit Lions. Jalen, of course, uh, defensive secondary at Notre Dame after careers at Hanover and L.C. Bird, leading Bird as a quarterback to their third and final state championship back in 2014. That's a good situation for Jalen in that Detroit is struggling right now. They have a head coach with a defensive mindset, and he'll have a good opportunity to impress his coaches there and stick there and make an impact uh, with the Lions. So I think he fell into an excellent situation. And to all the others from the 804 who stuck, uh, whether they are 804 products or those who went to college in the area, and by the area we say basically in the Commonwealth of Virginia, really excited about watching their futures. Well, coming up next week here on the program, we will have Phil Stanton, Director of Athletic Communications. We'll talk a bit about how things are going at Randolph-Macon College other than the hire with women's basketball, taking care of their seniors, uh, the NCAA eligibility situation, and much more. So Phil's scheduled to join us next Monday night. We look forward to that. Let me say a big thank you, first of all, to Phil for uh, helping us get Coach Lindsey Burke on here live tonight. And again, we'll have this up as a podcast later tonight on the RBA Sports Network website. Big thank you to our sponsors tonight. Massey Wood and West, 355-1721 and MasseyWoodandWest.com. Get you taken care of for the summer to come with your HVAC unit. And to We Think in Ink in Ashland, WeThinkinInc.com for all your printing needs. Calvin Cecil on the other side of the glass. Rob with them saying, have a great night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.